0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, May 26th. I'm Doug Blair.
1: And I'm Virginia Allen. On today's show, Rob Louie talks with Jewish author, journalist, and playwright Tuvia Tenenbaum. They discuss anti-Semitism in America and the latest clash between Israel and Hamas. And don't
0: forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now on to our top stories.
1: Moderna announced Tuesday that its vaccine appears to be safe for adolescents. In a press release, Moderna said the Phase 2-3 study of its COVID-19 vaccine in adolescents has met its primary immunology endpoint. 3,732 young people between the ages of 12 and 17 participated in the study. Their blood work shows that the vaccine produced a similar immune response to that of adults who received the vaccine. Moderna also reports that no children who received the vaccine became infected with the virus 14 days after being immunized. The drug company says they plan to submit the results of the study to the Food and Drug Administration in June and to request authorization for the vaccine to be approved for adolescents.
0: House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and other top House Republicans formally condemned statements by Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene comparing mask and vaccine requirements to the conditions faced by Jews during the Holocaust. In a statement Tuesday, McCarthy said, Marjorie is wrong, and her intentional decision to compare the horrors of the Holocaust with wearing masks is appalling. Let me be clear, the House Republican Conference condemns this language. The condemnation comes on the heels of a series of comparisons to the Holocaust over the last several days, including a tweet shared by Green on Tuesday criticizing a grocery store chain that would begin marking vaccinated employees with a logo on their name badge. In the tweet, Green compared the vaccination logo to the gold stars worn by Jews during the Holocaust. Green responded to the criticism from Republican leadership in a statement of her own, saying their attempts to shame, ostracize and brand Americans who choose not to get vaccinated or a mask are reminiscent of the great tyrants of history who did the same to those who would not comply.
1: Actor and pro wrestler John Cena has apologized to China for calling Taiwan a country. Sina called Taiwan a country while doing an interview with a Taiwanese broadcast network known as TVBS to promote the latest Fast and Furious movie. On Tuesday, Sina posted a video apology in Mandarin on the Chinese social media network Weibo. The video was shared on Twitter by Joe Shu. Take a listen. Sina received a lot of backlash on social media after giving the apology. Journalist Clay Travis tweeted that the willingness of American celebrities and large companies to bend the knee to modern-day genocidal Nazis in China the year after China lied about COVID and unleashed it on the world is truly being on the wrong side of history. It's pathetic. Now stay tuned for Rob's interview with Tuvia Tenenbaum. They discuss anti-Semitism and the latest clash between Israel and Hamas. Virginia Allen here. I want to tell you all about the best job placement program for conservatives, the Heritage Foundation's Job Bank. The Heritage Job Bank connects conservatives of all career levels to jobs with conservative employers all over the country for free. If you sign up, the Job Bank will send you new job openings every week and invite you to their virtual job fairs and career seminars. The Job Bank team also offers one-on-one career consultation. Signing up is easy. Just go to heritage.org slash and click on register today.
2: We are joined on the Daily Signal podcast today by Tuvia Tenenbaum, a best-selling author, playwright, journalist, and founder of the Jewish Theater of New York. Tuvia, thanks so much for being on the show.
3: Thanks for having me, and thanks for everybody who is listening.
2: Well, I want to begin with the recent violence that we've seen in the Middle East. Uh, The fighting between Israel and Hamas has led to an increase in anti-Semitism here in the United States and also in Europe. Uh, As somebody who has studied this issue, written about it, what are your thoughts on the trends that we've seen in the last few days?
3: I mean, sadly, these are the things that uh, I have uh, written about for oh, God knows how many years, I mean, I've written also a book. I mean, the most recent book is called The Taming of the Jew. It's about the anti-Semitism in Great Britain, in Ireland and in Great Britain, and uh, the weak Jewish response to it. But I've also written about uh, what happens over there in uh, in Israel, Pal- Palestine, and in the United States. I've written some other books, Catch the Jew, The Lies Tell, whatever they are. And I have seen it before. I mean, I am also a German journalist, not just an author. So, and wherever I walked as a German journalist and I said, I am a German journalist. And I talked to the people and interviewed thousands and thousands of them. And I, and I saw it already, the budding of it or whatever, the beginning of it. I mean, or, you, or more to say it, it was not publicly before. It was there, it was, the anti-Semitism was under the surface under the surface for God knows how long, for years and years and years. And now what we see is what people think comes more than fore, aided by some politicians, aided by the old tumult of uh, Black Lives Matter and all that stuff. And when Black Lives Matter, for example, says, OK, we are with the Palestinians and uh, Free Palestine and Israel is apartheid state. And all of a sudden, you have the people. Now they have the permission to say. It. They have the permission from the powers that be, who are called liberal, who are called progressive, who are called whatever it is. Um, and they say it now. So if they say it, we can say it, and then we can go on the street, and we can say, like they say it in London, for example, let's rape the Jewish women. Let's kill the men and rape the women. You know, it's, it's an... And here in the United States, you are, you have the most liberal or supposed liberal newspapers like the, the New York Times, Washington Post, whatever you have here, and they go around and they go like big, big, big on this issue, presenting to you how bad Israelis are, how good the Palestinians are. They live so miserable, and. It's the Jews that just want to have this Palestinian children's blood. It's like we have gone through it as Jews, you know, for 2,000 years in Europe. We have been accused of loving and wanting little ch- Christian children to slaughter them and to drink their blood or to make the matzah for Passover. And now that so the Jews are in Israel, so there are no Christians, so, or not as many there are Muslims, so now we want the Jews who want to do the same things they have always done. They want to take little children, you know, that are not Jewish, and basically blow their brains out, and and just enjoying to see the blood spilled on the floor. I mean, this is there is nothing new in it. It, it just it became kosher. I mean, you know, you use a Jewish word, it became kosher. I mean, if you look history, if you if you look what happened in in World War Two. I mean, it was similar. Sadly, it was similar. There was anti-Semitism in Germany. There was anti-Semitism in Europe. And then came Hitler, who who at that time was the big guy, you know, who decided what's moral and what's ethical. And he basically said to the people, well, we don't like the Jews. Let's kill them. Let's rape them. And uh, why not? So we do it. And it's the same thing here. I mean, it's frightening. The similarity is frightening. The Jews were doing very well in Germany before the war. And then they, they never believed. They joined the the government, they joined everything, and and then they paid the price. They paid a big price. For me personally, 90% of my family was slaughtered, was burned in Auschwitz and some other camps before I was born. And now to see it again, to see it in New York, it is it, it, it is sad. It is sad. I, I'm talking to Jews here. And 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 for example, an Israeli Jew who's who is, uh, been in New York for God knows how many years, and she speaks Hebrew, and when we meet, she speaks Hebrew, and she says to me, please, let's not speak Hebrew on the street. We are in the Upper East Side of Manhattan, hmm. and she's afraid to speak Hebrew in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. We are in New York. This is the bastion of liberal America, of progressive. I mean, I mean it's like I've said it to you before, I mean, it's like, I think progressive is, is a little bit humility. Humility, I ask from the people. You know, when you call yourself progressive, I think it's very, it's very strange. I mean, I mean, it, it's kind of a chutzpah because if you are progressive, what am I? I am a, a garbage. I am backward. I am what? But anyway, that's what they call themselves. They are now the elites and they decide. And I know you open a paper, you know, like like the New York Times. So you open a paper like the Guardian, you know. This is the elite of the elite of our culture today. The left that's always proud of itself for being open, all inclusive. There is no colors, no religions. We are all humanity. All of us, except for the Jews. And that's right, Nick.
2: Tuvia, you mentioned Black Lives Matter. Over the course of the past year, we have seen an explosion of Black Lives Matter support. Um, And I think now increasingly some people starting to question what the group's real motives are. Uh, Do leaders on the American left who have embraced this movement uh, have any responsibility for the anti-Semitism that we're now seeing throughout the United States?
3: Of course they do. They are the ones championing it. They are the ones, even now, when, when Israel is facing, you're talking, you know, they made Israel look like like Goliath and the Palestinians are like David. I mean, it's like hello. I, I mean, Israel states how many Jews are there, like 7 million Jews altogether. I and mean, if you took just the Jews and how many Muslims who basically want to kill the Jewish state, Iran, hundreds of millions. So where is the Goliath and where is David? I mean, and, and just look at the facts. I mean, the simple facts, what happened lately? I mean, uh, nothing was wrong with Hamas. I mean, everything was good. Just days before the, all this thing exploded, Israel allowed Qatar to bring tens of millions of dollars into the in, into the, in the Gaza Strip. And Israel has been doing it forever and ever, you know. And they had nothing to complain about. I mean, and when you look at uh, the uh, West Bank, I've been at the West Bank. Uh, I, I have interviewed many, many Palestinians. I became very, very friendly, so to speak, with Jibril Rajub, who is the number two, basically. It's just under under the president Mahmoud Abbas. And, and, and he thought I'm German. He didn't know I'm Jewish. And he showed me exactly as they do over there. I mean, it was ridiculous to see how much money is going over there. So when I was there with my wife and, and a group, a team of, of video and camera people, we travel around. We travel around in, in Hebron, which is called Halil. We travel around in Jerusalem, of course. We travel in Jenin, in, in Ramallah, wherever you want. Nablus, and we saw an unbelievable, unbelievable wealth. The Palestinians are getting so much money from Europe and from America. Amazing amount of money. I remember one time going to to a village, a small village. There were five houses over there, and 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 the road to the village was like five lanes. I said to the people, why do you need five lanes for a village of five people? And they said, "All the USA, the Americans built it. They have nothing to do, just pour money over money on the Palestinians. You see the restaurants are full to capacity, through debris. You stand on the streets in, in, in Nablus or in Hebron or wherever you are, and you see the cars going around. Look at the cars. This does not belong, do not belong to officials. Belong to normal people. And you see Mercedes, you see Lexus, you see BMWs. Amazing things over there. You see beautiful houses, beautiful Eastern imagination, you know, architecture. Amazing stuff you see there. You see young Palestinians, young Palestinians, even in the West Bank, they cross to Israel every day, going to Hebrew University, going to going to Tel Aviv University. They pay nothing for that. Everything is paid for them. And then they say they are apartheid state. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? The yeah. left-leaning media, or call themselves centrists, whatever they are, well, believe in those things. Well, and you have congressmen and congresswomen and senators basically calling to, to boycott Israel. I mean, hello.
2: I'm glad you brought up the media because I wanted to ask you a question about that. Uh, you, of course, are a journalist yourself. Um, you m- may be familiar with the story where the Associated Press was forced uh, to, to terminate one of its employees who, who tweeted in uh, with her personal opinion about the, the conflict there between uh, Israel and, and Hamas. And I, I think more broadly, we're seeing an increasing um, hostile tone toward Israel. Uh, as somebody who went to journalism school myself, I, I know I experienced this from from professors who were clearly one-sided on this issue. Uh, w- w- this see- must be a troubling trend for you as a journalist uh, to see developing before eye- your own eyes in your own profession.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a set to watch because uh, being a journalist and I write for some main uh, very prominent uh, German paper back in Germany. And and I see them, I know them, I I see them in bars, in pubs, in whatever you want, in restaurants. And I see them where they are staying and where they are writing. I mean, if any of them ever goes to Gaza, they're usually stationed in Israel, they're stationed in Tel Aviv or in Jaffa. And Tel Aviv, or whatever you call it. And uh, they go to the most beautiful restaurants and I, I can see them actually doing this, you know, sitting on the beach, Ordering the best of food, you know, in a Ray restaurant, whatever, all kinds of restaurants, and I see them then opening their laptops and they start writing. Gaza, March 22. I mean, it's like what Gaza, March? You are not in Gaza, you are in Jaffa, you are in Tel Aviv, you are sitting in a restaurant, and then they write about the worst things that the Jews are doing to them. When they actually bother to go to the West Bank or to or to or to Gaza, they do it with accompanied by either officials from the PLO or officials from, from Hamas or all kinds of NGOs, organizations that are there to champion the Palestinian cause. That's what we have. They never go by themselves. I joined them somehow to see what they are doing, and the people don't understand Arabic, so really they don't know interview, The interviews, ask questions of some of Palestinians, and the Palestinians answer and then when the Palestinians, for example, says, you know, all the Jews are bad, kill all the Jews, the translator says, We are suffering very much by the end of Israel. It's translating something that doesn't even exist. And when I went by myself to see it, I didn't see anything what the report. It's it's amazing what happened to the media of our days and time. The media today is not a media. It's it's not it's not Journalists are not doing their job. They come with preconceived notions. They come with their prejudices. And they try to to find people who will aid them to write more prejudices. So they go to this left-leaning usually, NGOs, and they're sure, let's go together. It's frightening what you can see. I have seen them, you know, these NGOs that go to to Yad Vashem, which is the Holocaust Memorial Museum, and they say to them, those NGOs, basically debating and questioning if the Holocaust really happened, if the Nazis really killed the Jews, they say, no, it's not true. And they tell them that what the Holocaust that's really happening, and they say to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust that's really happening is the is killing Palestinians, the Jews killing Arabs. That's what they call journalism. These are the people they go with. From there they find the truth. It's frightening to see it. Well, and this but is... if you understand people, if you understand Arabic, and you hear what the people say to you, and you go by yourself, you know, not with somebody taking you to Hebron to the, to the most poor part, poor part of town and say, oh, this is the Palestinians, we go there five minutes, let's go back. Travel in Hebron more. On your own. You can. Just take a car or just walk by feet, and see what's happening. You see the packed restaurants. You see the beautiful houses. All this we don't report. This is not journalism. No, it, it's certainly not. It's just embedded yeah. anti-Semitism. Yeah. And I saw it like for the, the, the most recent book, the, the Taming of the Jew. You could see it when you, and I go around, I go in Britain, I go in the UK, I go in Ireland. I present myself as a German journalist, and I ask people, even teenagers, not Palestinians, not Muslims, just normal, white. And I said to them, is there anything you would like to change in life? Is there anything you would like to change in the world? And they said to me, free Palestine. Free Palestine. By the way, you know what it means, free Palestine? It comes from, from Arabic, Palestine. You know what it means? Free Palestine from the Jews. That's what it means. And now we have here in America, Black Lives Matter, which proved itself to be actually a racist, anti-Semitic group of people, and the media—you cannot say anything against Black, Black Lives Matter. Thank God I'm not working in a normal job in in this country because I would be fired for what I was just saying. There is no freedom of expression anymore. There is a constitution in this country, but nobody regards it as as anything you know that you have to walk with, you know, you know that you abide by. It's frightening to see what happens in this country. It's frightening to see. You. I mean, Jews in Park are, are afraid, even in Borempaldi, you know. They try not to move out of their neighborhood. Because they are Orthodox Jews, you know, ultra-Orthodox, and, and, and they can be identified as Jews if you on the streets. And then, okay.
2: Yeah, we're certainly seeing these changes in the media and the activism of Black Lives Matter having a big impact on the Democratic Party in the United States. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter in the in the last week or so about the shifting nature of both President Biden, who is seems to be pulled in a direction by the by the left wing uh, faction uh, led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib and others. What does this mean in terms of our long-term position toward Israel and its security and the Jewish people more broadly?
3: If it continues, it's going to be, and, and it looks like it continues. I mean, I don't think that uh, Joe Biden uh, decides on his own these days. I think he is basically is given to pressure by by the different groups and and most often by as he proven just by the the, the few months that he's in office, by this kind of progressive part of his party. uh, But the problem is not just the progressive part of his party. Even the other Democrats, where are the other Democrats? Where is uh, Chuck Schumer, for example? You know, where is he saying, hello, stop it, this is anti-Semitism? He doesn't do it. So even the other leaders in the Democratic Party, including some of them who are Jews, you know, have been tamed. This is why the book is called The Taming of the Jew, have been tamed. And not to say anything against this. And you know what? It's a repeat of history. That's what happened in Germany 70, 80 years ago. When you allow this kind of blind hatred to go on, what do you think you're, you're, you're going to have? If this continues like this, if, if congressmen and women and senators don't stop it, if the president doesn't stop it, and not only do they don't stop it, they basically join the chorus, what do you expect it to be? What do you expect? Well, it's just yeah. that If you allow humans, human beings to behave like that, and you tell them this is the way you should be, and that's why you can't call yourself progressive, then it's just going to be worse and worse and worse.
2: Well, I'm glad you're making that point about, about the importance of language, and certainly I think that uh, there there are – Many people who, like you, uh, question that, that term that they, they use to describe themselves. Uh, let's talk about your work now. You, have, uh, you recently spoke to National Review about your recent book, The Taming of the Jew, which you've mentioned, uh, and you stated that you've been unable to find an American publisher. Uh, you're an author. This is not the first time that you've written a book. Um, did you experience problems in the past? And What can you tell us about this most recent example and why it is so troubling to you?
3: Uh, it's very troubling to me. I mean, and, and now this book is just the fifth book. It, it comes in English, and, and it's available here in the United States. And, and, and But it was not published in the United States because I could not find any publisher. Either in the United States or in the UK, it's being published. It's been printed and published by a publishing company in Jerusalem, in Israel. And then it's being shipped to the United States. That's why you can find it in Amazon.com. But not because it has been published here or, or printed here. I cannot get it. I'll give you an example. I had in, in 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 the UK when I just finished writing the Taming of the Jew, and I got in contact through some British dame, you know, like the book, and I got in contact with uh, with uh, Daniel Blair Publishing. The Blair published partnership. It's called the Blair Partnership. And this is a, a authors' agency that they represent, also J.K. Rowling, of Harry Potter, etc. Which means that the top publishers in the world. And he asked me, he asked me to send him the book. I send him the book, and he liked it. And he said, "Okay, let me try to find a publisher for it." And and he went to try to find a publisher. And if uh, the Blair partnership is sending a book to a publishing company in the UK, they are going to read it, and they are going to answer. So they read it, and not one agreed to publish it, and they showed me you know and from the the agency showed me the answers that they got because the answer did not come to me it it went to them, you know, and they have been very honest with the with the agency, and the answers are some something like you know, we really love the book, it's a new voice, it's shocking to see the antiSemitism in this country but we don't think we can sell this book because it's about anti-Semitism. Or another publisher who said, for example, it's very unique, it, I, I I, I was taken by it, but we've already published a book about anti-Semitism. We don't think we should publish another one. I mean, the excuses, you know, why they don't want, out of the 15 that I have seen, only one publishing company said, the agent, the, the the publisher said they uh, didn't, I didn't like it, or I, I didn't, I didn't think I I, I want to publish it just because. The other one saw literary value high, journalism great. Uh, I admire the author for the chances that he took, you know, in finding this information. Everything that was positive, but we are not going to publish it. No, no. way. Wow! And just my new, I have I have like I have three Spiegel bestsellers already. Uh, Spiegel bestseller is, is like in Germany. It's like a New York Times bestseller. I have out of the five, four of my books in Israel are bestsellers. Two of them number one bestsellers, including the most recent one. And I can find an American publisher. I have tried. I met with some agents. They liked my books. But basically, I have been told, forget it. So there's no American publisher who will publish this book. Mm, well, that, if he spoke truth yeah. to power, and, and if you tell the truth of what's happening, nobody wants to try it.
2: Well, that is really disappointing to hear uh, about that experience. Obviously, someone who has published multiple books as a writer like yourself, um, you you certainly know the industry and have been through the process before. And uh, and yeah. I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's attributable to this cancel culture we find ourselves uh, living through right now, or if you more directly uh, attribute it to anti-Semitism. But we we appreciate the fact that you are still finding uh, different ways to speak out and. speak speak into these issues in a, in a forceful way.
3: But look at the example. You mentioned the the, the article in the, in the National Review. Okay, to one public, people read it, just like yourself. You think any editor or any publisher called me up and said, hey, may I look at your books? No. They know what's in the books. Some of them read it. They don't want to. Yeah. There's one big, 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 big agent here in New York, and that's his name because we never did anything together. And he uh, just, uh, he asked me for the book. He read the book. He has like a top, top agency here in the city. And uh, he read the book. I gave him the book. He read it. And then we had a meeting and he said, you know, it's like, I, I just want to tell you, it's so unique. It's so wonderful. You know, from the time I started writing it, I did not take the book down until I, I, I finished it. It's an amazing book. But Mr. Tuvia Terrenbaum, I'm sorry to tell you. I am not going to be your agent. And I said, why? He said, because I know the market. No publisher in this country will publish your books. What is this? This is cancel culture. You know, in ancient times, we burn the books. Here we find a better way. We don't publish them. And that's what it is. They basically try to stop you. Up. It's it's and, and it's yeah. frightening. It's sad, but it's reality.
2: It is, and and I want to close by asking you this question because in this age that we live in, with uh, w- with the hurdles that you yourself have have had to overcome to to raise awareness about anti semitism, what advice do you have for our listeners or everyday Americans as they might seek to combat anti semitism themselves in their own lives, or what awareness can they help bring to others about this?
3: Okay, one of the mistakes that I saw, and a lot of people are doing, is that when this anti-Semitism goes high, people try to argue with them logically, try to convince the other side, try to show them that they are wrong. And this and this kind of, it doesn't work. This is not the way to do it. It just doesn't work, because the other side is not, is not convinced by the anti-Semitism to logic. It's the people don't know what Palestine is. They don't know what Palestine is. They just know that the next to the ones who fight Palestine are Jews. I mean, that, sadly, that's what they know. And, and the anti-Semitism comes up. You cannot fight these people with logic, with articles, because they make no sense. They don't have the facts. The one who accuse Israel of everything, they have no facts. You know, all the people in Britain, you know, young people, they go around, free Palestine, free Palestine. And I ask them a simple question. You know, basically very stupid question. What's the distance? One of my questions. What's the distance between Jerusalem and Palestine? And the answer was, let me check it on on, on Google. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, what's the distance between New York and the United States? I mean, I knew it was a check to Google. (laughs) Answer these stupid questions. The people don't know nothing. It's just hatred that comes out. So the way to fight it back is, is by the called spade a spade, you know? You don't need to argue with them because they are not into logic. You just have to say to them, dear friends, you are racist. You are anti-Semites. And to say to to the Jewish brothers and sisters who were around either like Anthony Blinken or whoever it is, you know, and they are Jews or Bernie Sanders, and and they come around with statements that are absurd statements every Nazi would love to make the statements publicly, and just say to them, Aloy, you are just celebrating Jews. That's who you are. There is no truth to you. And don't teach us. And Black Lives Matter, sorry to say, you know, they are a despicable group of people. That's who they are. And it's time to say the truth. And it's time to actually practice the American Constitution of freedom of speech. It's time to. What do you say, America? Every American you talk to, you say, What is America about? They always tell you freedom, freedom, freedom. What? This is what you are part of. Use it. Use your freedom of speech.
2: That's great advice, Tuvia. Thank you. And thank you for using your speech. Um, The book again is called The Taming of the Jew. It's your most recent work. As you said, it is available on Amazon, even if you don't have an American publisher. Uh, We'll leave a link to it in the show notes uh, for our listeners uh, who want to uh, pick up a copy.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Daily Signal Podcast.
0: You can find The Daily Signal Podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.
2: The Daily Signal Podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation.